happy birthday. <laughs> uh, I told our volunteers this morning that uh, this is not my birthday, this is not your birthday, this is our birthday, uh, because it's people that make up the Church of God. <laughs> Uh, and so, happy birthday to y'all. Uh, it's been a crazy five years. Uh, and so, uh, this is your first Sunday. Uh, welcome to the family. Uh, and uh, if you've been here since day one, uh, thanks for being part of the family. And uh, if you've been here for two weeks, you know now that we're in the middle of a series uh, that we're talking about Sabbath, uh, that we're talking about a day off. And maybe you came in here like, I could use a day off. Good. Uh, pay attention. And, uh, and so this is what we said. Here's the definition that we're using uh, for this term, Sabbath. Uh, and we're using it as a verb to cease my efforts for a day to persist in my relationship with God. It's a day off with a focus. Uh, and so I had a few days off back in uh, December. I took a week off and went down uh, to Florida. We were supposed to go on a cruise, but if you all remember December, that wouldn't have been too wise to do. Uh, so we bailed on the cruise and instead uh, flew to Florida. I don't know if that's a lesser or two evils. Whatever, whatever. Uh, we did it. Uh, anyway, so we went and uh, we went to an amusement park. Uh, I took my boys, my whole family, uh, Ava and Reagan, uh, to uh, Islands of Adventure. And if you're a roller coaster like enthusiast, you know that there are some crazy roller coasters uh, at Islands of Adventure, uh, Universal Studios. And, uh, and so my boys are now like tall enough to ride like these like pee your pants type roller coasters and they're all like we're gonna do this this is gonna be awesome and I'm like that's great you're probably gonna get scared and not do it but here we go and uh, and so we did it uh, we went and uh, this is a picture of Lane and I right before we went on a VelociCoaster uh, it's like one of the crazy new roller coasters somebody gave us a fast pass and so we were able to skip the line and the three of us went right up and I uh, I think I or they or we or whatever we got front row on this crazy roller coaster that people fly to Orlando to go on. And uh, because they're a little bit older, uh, we let we were like, okay, they can start to learn some responsibility and get some freedom. And so uh, I was doing something with Ava and Reagan, but the boys really wanted to go on this ride. And so I said, okay, boys, you can. Uh, we dropped them off at the front, and I said, okay, as soon as you get to the lockers, because they don't let you bring cell phones on the ride, uh, you just give me a text saying I'm getting on the ride, and I'll come get you at the end. Uh, I'm going to let you handle the line by yourself. And, uh, and so the line was like an hour, hour and a half long. And, uh, and so they're waiting in line, waiting in line, waiting in line. They get to the place where they're, they have to text me, and there's no service. They're inside the roller coaster. Uh, and so Landon, bless his heart, uh, he's like, well, we can't text Dad. I don't want to break the rules. Uh, and so he got out of line uh, and then called me and said, Dad, uh, I didn't have any service to call you, so we got out of line. And I was like, dude, what are you doing? Get on the roller coaster. Like, we would figure this out. Like, I would see that your text message comes through later when you get service. Like, oh, my goodness. His, he getting him some freedom? He was learning my heart <laughs> as I was learning his heart. Had he, and now he knows, like, dude, there are some moments where daddy's going to be understanding <laughs> that there is no service. <laughs> Get on the ride. When we think about Sabbath, <laughs> part of this is learning the heart of God. 
Part of this is learning the heart of our Father and what, what He wants us to do and what He doesn't want us to do. When we think about this term Sabbath, are we taking it as seriously as Christ, our, our Father, would want us to take it? Today, I hope that we will find and understand, that we will gain an understanding of the heart of God behind Sabbath. That to rest on the Sabbath is to rest in Jesus. Jesus and Sabbath go hand in hand. And so we're going to look in the book of Matthew. Uh, last week we looked about Jesus saying, like, come to me all who are weary and, and burdened. You guys can look up that sermon. It, it, it was, it, some of us are coming in here weary and burdened. But now Jesus goes on, and now he's doing something on the Sabbath. Here's what it says. Uh, At that time, Jesus went through the grain fields on the Sabbath. His disciples were hungry, and they began to pluck heads of grain to eat. But when the Pharisees saw it, they said to him, look. Your disciples, as if Jesus wasn't aware of his disciples, look at your disciples. What they are doing is not lawful to do on the Sabbath. The Pharisees, like if you were to step back and think about this for a second, Jesus is walking around with his homeboys, and there's some religious people hanging in the back watching Jesus, waiting to accuse him, waiting to find something they are next-level religious stalkers. And they go to Jesus and call his mind to his disciples saying, Hey, Jesus, what they're doing uh, is, is lawful and good on other days of the week, but to pluck heads of grain on the Sabbath, well, that is not lawful. The Pharisees are these religious leaders that love the law, and maybe at first they had good intentions to help people like you and I learn how to apply the law in everyday situations. But where they went wrong is their application of God's law became law itself. They would say, to help you and I on the Sabbath and not doing any work, they would say this became law that you can't take a bath <laughs> On the Sabbath. Why? Because water might spill out and you might be tempted to wash the floor. So no taking baths. <laughs> they would say, hey, specifically to women, you're not allowed to look in the mirror because you might find a gray hair and be tempted to pluck it out. <laughs> they were really good at splitting hairs on the Sabbath, as you would say. <laughs> These strict regulations... <laughs> They lost the heart of God in it. <laughs> and so it's no wonder why the Pharisees came under fire with how they were applying the word of God. I take my Sabbath on a Friday because I work on a Sunday. Uh, Sundays are a long day for me, and so this isn't, uh, this isn't my Sabbath. My Sabbath, I take it on Friday. I take a full day off. I wake up. I, I do insanity. Uh, Sean T. Beachbody, anybody else? And uh, it's crazy. He's insane. Uh, so I do insanity, uh, and, then, uh, and then I get my kids on the bus. Uh, then I go to the gym and walk a little bit, and uh, I read over the sermon uh, while I'm walking and listen to some things, and I try to listen to a spiritual book, and then I like to go to Starbucks and get a big old Cobra. I, all, I don't use Starbucks. They have these special names for the different sizes. Uh, I just walk in, and I don't know any of those names. I just say, give me a wicked large cold brew, uh, and 
and they do. Uh, and so I get that. And then I, I work on a book that I'm trying to write and whatnot. It's just kind of my own way to kind of say no to a whole bunch of things and reconnect with God. Well, I'm at Starbucks, and a text message turned into a phone conversation. My grandfather was just in Peru for a few weeks uh, helping at an orphanage there and kind of seeing a land. He grew up there as a missionary. And he was flying back. And uh, last weekend, there was a snowstorm in New England. And so he got, he got to JFK, and his hearing aids uh, weren't connecting to his cell phone. So he was having problems like hearing and doing all sorts of things. And he was like losing his mind because his flight got canceled. <laughs> he couldn't get to New Hampshire. He was stuck at JFK and he didn't look like he was going to be able to get a flight for two days. <laughs> it wasn't going to be till like a Monday and it was a Friday. And, and so I'm talking to my mom I was like, mom, like, I'll just go and get him. Like grandpa's not staying, sleeping in the airport when his favorite grandson uh, is uh, sitting an hour or so away. But listen, if we want to do strict observance of the Sabbath, there are many that would tell me that I just sinned by traveling an hour or so to go and get my grandfather. But I did, because I don't want to be the one to stand before God and say, God, I took your Sabbath so seriously, my grandfather stayed at a airport for a few days. I don't think God's going to reply back with a... <laughs> so on the way there, an hour and a half, I listened to a John Mark Comer book uh, called uh, uh, God Has a Name. And, and this quote, I wanted, I wanted to share this with you. Uh, this is a quote from the book I read on my way to get my grandfather. It says, God is more concerned with your long-term character than he is your short-term happiness. <laughs> and he's willing to sacrifice the short-term for the long-term. That quote rocked me. But guess when I heard that quote? Some of y'all need to take a picture of that quote. Uh, that quote walked, rocked me to the point where I can share it with you because I made the choice to go get my grandfather, take a step back, and I love my 90s playlist with my Goo Goo Dolls and Green Day and others. Chose not to listen to that. Chose to listen to a book. And this is something that really, really hit me and is going to continue to hit me because my focus on the Sabbath was doing good to my grandfather and making sure I connected with God. These Pharisees, these religious leaders love rules. They love, they love regulating the Sabbath, which is supposed to be a day of rest. In their mindset, it's, it's like uh, uh, Sabbath enough, do enough on the Sabbath, pray enough, uh, read enough, uh, avoid enough, study enough, worship enough, attend enough, and be found good enough. If you do enough, God will find you to be enough. And no, 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 no. Sabbath is a day where we rest in Christ with all that he has done for us. Sabbath is the day that we put things aside and remember that religion says do, 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 do. And Christ says it is finished, it is done. So what you will not find in this series is a list of rules and regulations that would go against the heart of the Sabbath. What you will find in this whole series is a bunch of principles and questions to consider and ask yourself as you reflect upon your own Sabbath. Here's how the story goes on. So Jesus now responds to this and he said to them, have you not read what David, when David was hungry? And those who were with him, and how he entered the house of God and ate the bread of the presence, uh, which, uh, which is, was not lawful for him to eat, nor for those who were with him, but only for the priests? Or have you not read the law on, how, on, 
the law how the Sabbath, uh, the priests in the temple profane the Sabbath and are guiltless? I tell you, something greater than the temple is here. And if you had known what this means, I desire mercy and not sacrifice, you would not have condemned the guiltless, the disciples in this regard, for the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. He stands up to these religious leaders that are supposed to be experts of the Old Testament. And he says to them, in essence, if you understood what you were reading, if you understood what you're trying to regulate on people, you would not get to the conclusion that you're getting to. And he says, basically, because I am God and because I am the authority, he schools them and gives them three key lessons for you and I. The first one is that the Sabbath does not restrict the deeds of necessity. David, King David, who is a great figure, especially for Jewish people, as they read their scriptures, he is running around, him and his homeboys, they are hungry, they go to the temple, and the temple has food where it's supposed to be only eaten by the priests, but that's the only food they got. And so the priests let David and his homeboys eat some food. It wasn't lawful, but Jesus is looking at this, and he's saying it in the positive. No one's condemning those priests. And so there is this moment where Jesus is permitting something to be done for a deed of necessity. And basically he's applying the saying, you think if I was okay with this, that I'm not going to be okay with your foolish man-made rules and regulations if those get broken from time to time when there is a deed of necessity. The second thing is the Sabbath does not restrict service to God. He brings out the priests. Uh, He brings out these people that on the Sabbath, oftentimes there would be double uh, sacrifices. So you could conclude that the priests are working double as hard on the Sabbath and Jesus is looking at these priests who the religious leaders would respect and he's saying you don't condemn them do you they're working just as hard but but they're not guilty of any sin are they and so the the service to god is is okay on the sabbath the the third thing that jesus is schooling them on is that the sabbath doesn't restrict acts of mercy he he quotes the, the book of hosea if only you would have understood this If only you would have understood mercy. If only you wouldn't just have read the prophet but understood what he was trying to say. Then you would uh, would extend compassion to the disciples, not judge them. Godly devotion is always going to be merciful. Not let me put you under my thumb. And in this passage, Jesus is claiming divinity and authority to speak like this. I just told you a little bit about my Sabbath habits. On my Sabbath, on my Friday, you will not get me setting up an appointment with anybody in this church. I have other days of the week to do this, but on, on my Sabbath, it's, it's, I need to reconnect with God. But my wife is, is a real estate appraiser. She doesn't have the freedom uh, for the service of God that I have throughout my week. She's traveling. She's writing reports. She's doing like, things like that. So on her Sabbath, she just did it yesterday. If someone's like, hey, let's get breakfast and talk, and, and there's this spiritual mentoring aspect to that, Ava says yes. On, on my Sabbath, it would not be wise for me to say yes to that. Uh, different, different strokes, different, different ways of connecting with God. But the focus for Ava is still the centrality of Jesus. The focus for me is still the centrology, uh, centrality of Jesus. The focus of this day off is to disconnect and reconnect. That can be applied differently to myself and to Ava, can it? Disconnect to reconnect can be applied differently from me to you, can't it? 
Uh, it is to create margin in your life so that you can fill that margin with acts of God, service, mercy, things of those nature. That can be applied differently for you and differently for me, can't it? Sabbath won't just happen. Sabbath has to be something that is intentional rest. How that's applied to you and how that's applied to me will be different, won't it? If we go back to this definition, cease my efforts for a day to persist in my relationship with God, that's going to look different for you and different for me. The point is, are we trying? Are we doing it? Are we putting God as the focus? It might be an hour-long call with a group of friends praying, but for another, it might be a walk in the woods listening to, to worship music. For one, it might be journaling, writing out prayers. For another, it might be, I'm going to take a break from the Crime Junkies podcast, and I'm going to listen to a, a spiritual podcast. Whatever it might be, it's going to look different for you as it would for me. But here's what it isn't. It's not a day like all the rest, because that's how we find unrest. It's a day that is set apart for God. Here's how this story goes on. Now, Jesus, uh, Matthew brings out now a case in point. He went on from there and entered the synagogue, presumably still on the Sabbath, and a man was there with a withered hand. And he asked him, is it lawful? They asked him, this is the Pharisees, Bruins hair. Uh, uh, he asked them, is it lawful to hear on, heal on the Sabbath? And so they might accuse him. They're looking for a reason. Uh, so they might accuse him. And he said to them, which one of you uh, has a sheep? If it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, would you not take, take hold of it and lift it out? How much more value is a man than a sheep? Uh, is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath? So then it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. And then he said to the man, Stretch out your hand. And the man stretched it out, and it was restored healthy like the other. Jesus is on his way to the temple to worship God. And the religious people are there waiting to attack him. And there's a man present with a lame hand there to worship God and hopeful that he might get some help. Now... The Pharisees had a rule that there was no healing on the Sabbath unless it was life-threatening. And so they're looking at Jesus and saying, this does not fit the bill, although it's inconvenient. It does not fit the bill as life-threatening. His life is not in danger. So according to the Pharisees, he is not a candidate to be healed. And so they use this man as a prop, go before Jesus and say, Jesus... Is this lawful? And Jesus responds by talking about sheep. <laughs> because for them, and all of their rules and all their regulations, if one of their sheep fell into a pit, they said it was okay to do the work of pulling out the sheep instead of leaving the sheep in the pit. So Jesus uses one of their allowances and says, in essence, what's more important, <laughs> your sheep or a human being? He corners them because they couldn't in their right mind say a sheep is more important than a man uh, who is there for help. And so Jesus then looks at the man and like a boss right in front of them on the Sabbath says, you're healed. You're good to go. That hand that everybody else you think is powerless to heal, I am healing it right here, right now, like a boss in front of everybody. Jesus not only approved of doing good on the Sabbath, he did good on the Sabbath. Now last, uh, maybe September or whatever it was, I don't know, the Engroffs can correct me. Uh, the Engroffs bought a new house. 
And uh, I was like, oh, great. Like, the Engrofs have been so helpful to me. Uh, this is going to be my chance to help them in moving uh, because I have no skills to offer anybody in any way of life, uh, but I can pick up boxes and put them down. Uh, and then they had the tenacity of moving on a Friday. Um, and I was like, oh, boogers. Uh, and uh, it really was a, a huge uh, dilemma for me uh, because I was like, oh, man, this week. And then on Saturday, there was some stuff going on. And, and I was like, at first, I was like, I don't think I can mentally handle it. Like, I, I kind of just needed a day of, like, true rest. And so originally, I was going to be like, I don't know if I can do this. And, uh, and then some things opened up. And then, I, you know, I really sat back and kind of thought about it a little bit. And I was like, yeah, like, I, I can help them. They're friends of mine that predate uh, Wellspring. And uh, so this isn't, like, about, like, doing a service. Like, this is about just some friends. And, uh, and so, but I still had my habits in the morning. I still went to the gym, still had my time with God, still read some books, still listened to some things. Uh, and then, like, I, some of the things, I like to be uh, physically active on my Sabbath to kind of rejuvenate myself. And, uh, and so I was like, man, moving, this is, this is good uh, because I am about 20,000 steps behind in the work week challenge with my parents on my Fitbit. My dad was crushing me. He had way more steps than I did. And so here I come, the underdog, helping people move, I got over 40,000 steps. Uh, I drenched my shirt 30 times over uh, to help them move, and I could not wait to leave the Engroff's house, <laughs> call my dad and say, what up, dog? And I had just come from behind and crushed him. Now, you might think I'm being silly, but legitimately, that energized me to call my dad and say, ha, 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 I came from behind and I beat you. The point being, I wrestled with helping with the Engroffs. <laughs> And then I got to a point where I read through some questions to ask myself to think about this and to say this is something that I can commit myself to. You're going to wrestle every time with the Sabbath because the Sabbath is going to require certain yeses and certain noes. And there's going to be times where you have to say no to helping somebody move, and there's going to be times where you're going to say yes. You know who really sucks at, at Sabbath? People pleasers. <laughs> you know who's going to be excellent at, 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 at executing the Sabbath? <laughs> People that are focused on pleasing God and showing mercy and goodness. So here are just nine questions, and you should probably take out your cell phones because we're going to be referring to these over the Sabbath, uh, over this series. Here are nine questions that aren't regulations. These are just questions when you think about Sabbath to ask yourself, uh, when do I plan on taking intentional God-honoring rest this week? Intentional. Where, where I feel tension in Sabbath taking, is there an idol that is being revealed? I can't take the Sabbath because I've got to do this, or this is coming up, or if I tell this person no, or this organization no, oh my gosh, what will they think? Well, what will God think? Uh, it will reveal idols. Uh, third, uh, go back, uh, PJ. Um, Uh, all right, so where I feel, uh, who, are, who are the family or the loved ones that I can connect with for restorative time together on my Sabbath? People that I don't normally get to hang out with, but you know what? They energize me spiritually, so I'm going to hang out with them. Now go to that next slide. Um, uh, what, what feels like work on the Sabbath? Where do I need to reconnect with God? How does margin help me reconnect? How can I create that? What do I need to do intentionally? What do I need to intentionally say no to in order to create margin? And then lastly, uh, what are the things in my life that stir my affections for Jesus? 
and should be regular staples of my Sabbath rhythm? What are healthy boundaries for my Sabbath? In what ways am I tempted to make Sabbath all about rules instead of understanding God's heart? Here's how this story concludes. But the Pharisees went out, conspired against him, and how to destroy him. This is their reaction. They didn't like what Jesus just did by healing somebody on the Sabbath. They didn't like that his disciples plucked some grain on the Sabbath. And so in typical religious fashion, it invoked a murderous spirit. Religion will do that. Destroy what we can't subvert. They saw their law, Jesus' law-breaking as so unholy, so criminal, that it's worthy of legitimate death. And one day, they will put Jesus on the cross. I earlier just said, my Sabbath habits, and I'm sure some people said it must be nice. The Wilsons go on date night, and they like to get cheap uh, Airbnbs and, and go for, uh, for a one-night getaway. And some of us would say it must be nice. Laura prays with a bunch of people on Saturday morning for an hour. In my mind, it's four or five hours, but she says it's just an hour. And we would say it must be nice. Some people take walks. It must be nice. Some people listen to worship music. It must be nice. Some people have healthy boundaries where they're saying, uh, where they're saying no to people. It must be nice. There are some that might, that might work a 60-hour-a-week job in New York City. They're not able to serve like you throughout the week at the church. And so on their Sabbath, they humble their, themselves and they, they might clean the church. And there's somebody else that might say, it must be nice to be able to do that. There's another that might say, well, I work in Tom's River. I, only, I don't have a commute. My boss says it's 40 hours max. Don't you work a minute over 40? And so Monday through Friday, I'm able to serve uh, 10, 15 hours a week. Are either of them wrong for what they do on the Sabbath? Because one person would never consider helping out on a Saturday because of what they're doing throughout the week. Each of them might look at each other and say that it must be nice. The it must be nice statement is a statement of resentment. The important part of all of this is that we would look at each other and consider important that we are taking a day to connect with God. And so if you have boundaries that require some no's so that you can say a much more powerful and better yes, good job. Well done. Focus on Jesus. Connect with Jesus. If you're not taking Sabbath rest because you quote unquote can't, then your life is unhealthy. If you have the good boundaries and you are embracing Jesus, we are better for it. You are better for it. Here's a big thought for us is to embrace Sabbath. One must embrace Jesus. That's the premise of this whole thing. If you want to embrace Sabbath, then you do so by taking uh, intentional rest, intentional doing something different with your day, and you are focusing on Jesus. Now, the Sabbath is a word that we throw in Ocean County. We throw a lot around. And there are people that would judge us for the way that we're talking about Sabbath. But any Sabbath that fails to embrace Jesus is not Sabbath rest. We must be as serious as Jesus was about Sabbath, who died so that we could have some rest. 
who died and said, I can conquer the grave. What in your life can't I handle? You think you're God. That's why you can't take a day off. But you're not God. Embrace Jesus. Last week's challenge and this week's challenge are are both up here. Uh, Last week we said quit something. This week we're saying do good. And there's two different types of people right now that are having a world of anxiety. (laughs) Quit something. I got, I'm a little embarrassed to say this, but uh, I got nothing to quit. (laughs) I'm going to be honest with you. Being slothful and lazy is sinful. Some of you have nothing to quit because you kind of live like you've already entered into eternal rest. (laughs) Wait, I got more. But then there are some that say, do good. I ain't got no time to do good. I do not join with the rest of humanity saying, that a boy to the workaholic. The workaholic is equally as sinful. So when we consider Sabbath, when we consider these challenges, what do you need to do or stop doing to honor your Jesus? We're going to close with a song called Praise the King. And as we sing it, I want you to consider how to praise the King on a day of Sabbath rest. And then I'm going to get back up after we sing this song. After we sing, you guys can have a seat. I just want to share just a few quick things about what God is doing in the life of our church. So with that, would you guys stand and sing this song with me?